Hello and welcome to the HJ Chatroom. I'm your host, Brian Kipping. We've lined up an exciting chatroom experience for our viewers as today's show is dedicated to Japan's premier all-year-round resort destination, Hakuba. Hakuba first came to prominence when it hosted the Winter Olympics in 1998 and is Japan's largest ski resort area. Proximity to Tokyo, Osaka and Nagoya has led to Hakuba being the perfect vacation and workation destination for both domestic and international travellers. In today's show, we discuss the growing trend of families swapping their lifestyle in the city for the tranquil surroundings of the Northern Alps. And we look at the impact that climate change has had in shaping a truly unique education experience. Well, to discuss these topics and more, I'm delighted to welcome Tomoko Kusumoto to the HJ Chatroom. Tomoko is founder of the Huckaber International School, HIS, and Huckaber's SDG Lab. Tomoko, welcome to the HJ Chatroom. How are you? Thank you, Brian. It's great to be here. Can you briefly describe your background and what led to change your lifestyle in the city to a lifestyle in the mountains? Yes, um, I'd be happy to. So I was born and raised in Japan and my career had been in finance industry, um, but I decided to leave finance industry when I had our first child. And um, we've moved to Hakuba in 2009 in order to raise our children in this amazing natural environment. And we've been very happy ever since. And I've always been wondering why everybody else doesn't do the same. And uh, we find that the Hakuba is an amazing place for kids to grow up in. So our kids, our children had done lots of um, mountain climbing and a ski racing and also cross-country skiing. And uh, it's a, a really nice environment for, for the children to really grow up surrounded by nature. As a result of COVID, Tomoka, have you witnessed a growing trend of families relocating to Hakuba or establishing holiday homes? Yes, Brian, definitely. Um, for start, uh, even before COVID, Hakuba has about a population of 8,500 people of which 300 were non-Japanese international residents. So Hakuba was already a, a pretty cosmopolitan kind of a, a small village in Japan. And since COVID, uh, we see more and more people move to Hakuba or build the holiday homes here. I guess um, the COVID kind of uh, made people rethink their lifestyles in the city. Mm -hmm. And um, for example, I have a neighbor who moved to Hakuba about a year ago, and they are a lovely couple who both work for Google, and now they can telework, so they don't need to be in Tokyo, so they decided to buy a house and moved here in the summer of 2020, and I see a growing trend like that, 
And also, um, I actually see um, quite a few IT entrepreneurs and you know, um, some people in finance industry, they tend to uh, try and build a holiday homes here so that they can spend mm -hmm. more time in the nature. And some people even tell me that uh, if they, if we had an international school that teach kids in English, you know, they'd love to move here full time. So it's a very interesting trend. In your opinion, what has been the key reasons why families choose Hakuba over other locations that may be closer to Tokyo? Um, I would say that, uh, first of all, this amazing natural um, landscape. We have this rice fields right at the bottom, and then we have this tall Japanese Alps mountains looming over uh, the village. And I went to many ski resorts because our children competed in uh, ski racing. And I realized that Pakuba really has a, a very unique and amazing landscape, even compared to other ski resorts in Japan. And I think that's one of the major reasons that people um, are just so attracted to the, the landscape and the, the natural environment here. So that's one of the big reasons. And also, I guess Hakuba is not just the ski resorts that's newly developed, but it has a whole history. And um, so prior to Edo period, uh, basically those mountains are supposed to be the holy sacred place. So not many people would climb to the mountains, mm -hmm. but, um, but in more recent years, like in Meiji period, when Japan started to modernize, uh, they started to do the mountain surveys and a lot of people decided to go into the mountains and then they you know, uh, measure the altitude and things like that. And people started to climb mountains and that's how Hakuba really developed almost like a tourist destination since then, because people uh, live at the bottom of the, the mountains and then they would let those uh, climbers stay at their house and then they um, help them as a guide to go up the mountains. So mm -hmm. Hakuba is supposed to be the birthplace of uh, the thing called Minshuku, which is basically an Airbnb, most, mostly <laughs> almost like uh, Airbnb, that is kind of like uh, the host is staying at their own home with you. Uh, so, um, you know, that's basically the history. And Hakuba evolved into the ski resort when the ski was brought into Japan about 100 years ago. Uh, and it's been um, a big um, growth in the tourism ever since. Uh, and more recently, uh, inbound tourists have been coming in, not for the past two years, unfortunately, because of COVID, but we have a lot of uh, international guests coming to Hakuba because we have amazing powder snow. And so we hosted the 1998 Nagano Olympics. Um, Hakuba hosted many of the um, downhill races, cross-country skiing, the ski jump. So we have amazing um, uh, range of uh, Olympic level facilities. So um, that's why the Hakuba produces a lot of Olympians, uh, winter uh, Olympic Olympians. Um, so those are like a few of the reasons that I think people get attracted to Hakuba. Another part of Hakuba that I think is really attractive is that uh, we still have a lot of tradition and, and um, history. And we have those traditional um, uh, harvest festivals that the kids can participate in. Mm -hmm. And also uh, we have the Salt Road uh, Festival where uh, Hakuba used to um, be the, the pathway to, from the, uh, the Japan Sea um, where they take the salt and then carry it down to the Matsumoto area uh, where the lords lived. 
And uh, we still have that uh, festival where we take, um, we kind of imitate that tour from the Japan Sea to the Matsumoto area. Um, and it's really, really nice thing to, to see. And more recently, Hakuba has had um, a lot of new developments. And now Patagonia has a flagship store here and North Face does too. And more recently, Snowpeak, the um, a camping brand, has opened a big facility um, that is a great um, shopping area. And now Hakuba has the mm. Starbucks. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, <laughs> which a lot of high school students love to have. Um, and also, uh, there are more and more modern sort of uh, Western type accommodations, like the, the beautiful cabins and uh, um, large chalets and also the condominiums that are right on the slope. So um, it has become more of a, um, uh, like a um, world-class resort, I would say. It's not just a traditional uh, ski resort that is in Japan, but it's more like a world-class um, mountain resort that it's transforming into. And it's been really exciting to see firsthand over the past 10 years. What were the key influences as to why you decided to establish Hakaba International School. Yes, of course. Um, so the reason I first started thinking a lot about the education in this area is um, back in 2014, um, Hakaba Senior High School, which is the, the only senior high school in town that is a public school, uh, it was about to be shut down because it was losing too many students, didn't mm. have enough students to sustain the school. And that really shocked me because I came here because I wanted to raise our children here. And why is the local school being shut down? It didn't make sense. So um, I was asked to be a member uh, to revitalize Akaba High School so that it will be here. Um, and uh, we did a lot of different things to, to make Akaba High School um, a, a better school so that more people would want to come. And thankfully, uh, we opened this new course called the uh, Global Hospitality Course. And now we get students from all over Japan, not just within Nagano Prefecture, which has been great. And seeing that transformation, I felt that uh, education is really the key for mm. any town to thrive, basically. I mean, there are other infrastructures like, you know, um, medical facilities and things mm. like that, that are important. But if you do not have the education, you do not attract the young families with kids. And that's what you need for towns to thrive. And I started uh, thinking um, that if we had the educational institution that teaches in English, uh, given this amazing environment that we have, uh, maybe we could um, attract students, not from all over Japan, but not just from all over Japan, but more like from all over the world. And that's how I started to think about maybe mm -hmm. international school here, um, you know, we'll be able to attract a lot of people mm -hmm. um, to come to Hakuba and they will be able to learn with each other, with the local um, people. And uh, mm -hmm. I thought it would be an amazing opportunity for, um, for both local people and for those who would come to Hakuba to learn. So that's how I started um, to think about maybe building an international school. And, um, and as I learned more and more about the education trend, I realized that the education is really at the tipping point. Mm -hmm. A lot of people realize that um, those um, cramming type of education really is not working anymore. And mm -hmm. also now we have uh, artificial intelligence that can do a lot of those things that we were trained to do at school like mm -hmm. 
analyzing facts and uh, regurgitating the facts. I mean, that is like what AI is best at. And why are we teaching the kids those things, you know, when we know that now AI can do it for us? Mm. So um, that was a big sort of uh, question mark for me when I was thinking about what kind of education we could offer in Hakuba. And I went to see a lot of different schools uh, in Europe, in the US, and um, I spoke to a lot of people. I read a lot. I went to the seminars, went to the conferences, and um, I figured that um, uh, project-based learning is probably mm -hmm. the key to the authentic learning for, for children. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really would like the, the students to learn how to make the world uh, more sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, one of the reason why I felt that was like living in Hakuba, you really feel the effect of the uh, climate change. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's actually really scary. I mean, this year um, for a change, we are getting quite a bit of snow, but mm -hmm. for the past three or four years, the amount of snow had been steadily declining and mm -hmm. the season has been shortening uh, quite, um, drastically and that really makes you feel um, that that we really need to do something now yeah. or we are leaving the planet that is really not sustainable and not for um, the, the, the generations down the road to be able to thrive. Mm -hmm. So that was another um, big issue that I had in mind. So mm -hmm. I decided that we should build a school where the students can really learn about the sustainability and also do it hands-on so that we can go out of the school building and then um, go work with the local people, with the local community and see how we can make Hakuba more sustainable. And through that, the, the students would um, gain the skills and knowledge that they know that are important in this world. Um, and that way they'll be able to learn uh, by heart and rather than trying to cram for the exams and you know get the good score, and uh, the research has already shown that um, if you have more authentic learning, where you actually apply your knowledge and skills that you've learned at school, um, and be able to make an impact in the society, uh, your knowledge and skills stay with you a lot longer. So that's why we decided to take this approach of project-based learning. Um, and also we are planning to have the International Baccalaureate Diploma Program at the end, so that those who um, aspire to go to the um, uh, really good universities around the world, they would have the pathway to do so. So that's the type of school that we plan to build. No, thank you. I mean, it sounds a, a truly uh, remarkable and unique project that you've got, and I no doubt believe that uh, there's a lot of hard work and effort and continued hard work an effort that's going to go into the project. In your opinion, what sets HIS apart in comparison to other international schools? Um, I guess um, I would say the probably the biggest difference is the focus on the sustainability. Um, mm. I know that a lot of schools talk about sustainability and also a lot of people wear the SDGs batch and everything, but uh, we really like to live the ethos of making the world more sustainable. 
Uh, and to do that, we are thinking of um, creating a school. Um, well, we actually have about nine acres of forest at the foot of uh, Iwatake ski resort, uh, which we are very, very happy about. It's an amazing uh, environment for the kids to explore. It's Right now, it's just a forest, and uh, we are going to uh, build a school there. And when we build the school, we would like the school, our school, to be a zero carbon building, if possible. It is going to be a big challenge um, to do it in a, um, a harsh environment like Hakuba's because it's really cold in winter and solar itself doesn't really work in winter because it snows a lot. But I think it's a great challenge um, for us to try and, and create a school building that is as close to possible um, to zero carbon. So that's what we are going to do. And also, um, even though we are a newly established school, we do not want to build everything from scratch. Uh, we would like to utilize uh, the infrastructure that's there already uh, because it's much more environmentally friendly. Mm -hmm. um, we are purchasing uh, existing accommodation to um, kind of basically making it into our boarding house. Uh, so we have our first building um, called the Hakua Blanche that's at the foot of uh, Iwatake ski resort. And uh, we will make it into a nice boarding house for the students. And we plan to uh, purchase more down the road um, uh, of those uh, existing accommodations so that um, we don't need to build everything from scratch and lots of CO2 uh, doing that. Yeah, very true, very true. We've discussed the education approach by HIS. What other key points about Huckaber should families consider? Um, I guess um, Akba, I think, is a, a very special place where, um, you know, there's this um, great natural environment and also the local people who have welcomed uh, people from outside for years. And so there's really um, pretty open sort of ambience to it. And that's why we really like it, that people are used to welcoming the not just people from outside of Nagano Prefecture, but um, really the international uh, residents. Um, many of the people who decided to, to move to Hakuba, uh, they find it quite comfortable because people are open to having, you know, um, international residents here and, you know, build a community together. And so that's one exciting thing. And also, I believe that the size of um, this, you know, about 9,000 in population it's also really lovely because you know a lot of people around you and you feel safe, you know, like your neighbors uh, watch for your kids and, you know, it's a really nice thing. Uh, and also there's agriculture, um, a very strong industry here and many people um, grow their own vegetables and things. And so even though we do not grow anything, I'm not good at farming, so I don't do it, but other people share their harvest with us. And there's a world called uh, vegetable terrorism in Hakuba. Can you guess what it means? No, I can't. Please tell me. Vegetable <laughs> terrorism. Uh, oh, wow. Sometimes when you come home, um, you know, you find like two buckets of potatoes or like eight cabbages at your doorstep. <laughs> it's like uh, someone <laughs> have left for you and uh, so like it, it's so much vegetable more than you can consume and so we call it terrorism but um but it's a nice and friendly and you know lovely terrorism 
Um, and people basically uh, grow food for themselves, so they don't use pesticides, and it's really fresh and nice. Oh, nice. It's a beautiful, uh, pristine water. And so even 7-Eleven coffee tastes really good in Hakuba <laughs> because I think it's a difference in water. Really? Uh, in Tokyo and so even coffee in Hakuba tastes a world of difference. So you should try it when you come to right. Hakuba. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, so those are the things. And also um, one of the things that I, I re really like to talk about um, is that, um, so when I helped the Hakuba High School, at the same time, I was feeling a threat of the climate change. So um, I built this uh, group called the Hakuba SDGs Lab so that the people in the community can get together and kind of uh, find a way to make Hakuba more sustainable. And when we first did our meeting, um, we did the kickoff meeting back in um, July, I think it was 2019. Uh, mm -hmm. A few Hakuba High School students came over to, to listen and they had no idea what SDGs meant and they had never heard of it. And so we had an environmental activist come and talk about the SDGs and particularly about climate change. And those mm -hmm. students got really um, shocked by the fact that how um, the uh, climate change effect has been affecting the area and also that the planet. Oh, wow. So they decided to um, dig in further. And so mm -hmm. they did a lot of research about the climate change and they uh, came to the conclusion that they really love Hakuba um, and um, they really wanted to save the snow because they love winter sports. And yeah. so they started to take um, action themselves. So it was really amazing to watch. So three Hakuba High School students, um, uh, one was from Tokyo uh, actually, and um, they got together and they organized a global climate march in Hakuba uh, back in, uh, September 2020, when Greta Thunberg was calling for the, the global climate strike, and they did one in Hakuba. And uh, they also learned that there's a, a people called climate refugees, mm -hmm. and of the CO2 that we emit in this, um, you know, um, industri industrialized world, uh, those who have really not taken the benefit of industrialization in the Pacific Ocean islands, they are being the victim of climate change and they're losing homes and they felt really strongly about it. So they raised money through the, the charity bazaar and um, they uh, donated money to the uh, United Nations. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, they did all sorts of different things. They organized a, a climate march on snow. So they did one in uh, Iwatake ski resort. Oh. And uh, the, the ski resort operators are really moved by their passion. And so they decided to operate the lifts uh, uh, on renewable energy for those three days that they were doing the march. Oh, wow. And, wow. Yeah, so they really had made a, a big impact in Hakuba. Mm -hmm. Now we have a, a renewable energy committee, which I'm a member of. Uh, and the, the mayor had declared a climate emergency because those mm -hmm. three um, told the mayor that we need to really focus on zero carbon things and wanted him to declare the climate emergency and he did and so I saw firsthand how they really transformed this little village and yeah. how the adults around them just um, took notice and decided to support and help those three students and um, through that process I saw those uh, um, students really um, gain confidence 
and you know, they became um, uh, very proud and they realized that they their action, even though it was really small in the beginning, uh, could really change the society. And yeah. Yeah. You know, they, they take that with them and then they went on to university and you know they still uh, are very passionate about doing something about the climate change. And it was really amazing to see. And I think this um, environment of Hakuba where, you know, we are not such a large city. Like if you had done it in, for example, Minatoku where 200,000 people are there, maybe, you know, you wouldn't notice. But in a small village like Hakuba, when three students stand up and do something, you know, people really um, take notice and, yeah. and you know, uh, support them. And, you know, that really helped them um, gain confidence. And so that was really a, a great virtual cycle. Mm. So um, that really um, helped me see the potential of Hakuba as the, um, uh, the place for education, because I believe that at our school, we can do the same. You know, we can teach them about the climate change and its effect, and maybe, you know, potentially how we could tackle it. And the students can go out to the community and try and um, uh, kind of work with the local community to really tackle the climate change. And, you know, um, I think it would be a very powerful experience for both the students and for the local people. So that's what we are trying to build here. And um, so uh, that's why I'm really bullish on Hakuba. I think it's an amazing little village with such a pristine, um, beautiful nature and mm -hmm. also people who are, you know, um, who care. And so I believe that we can really build something amazing here. Well, that's a, well, certainly in terms of the three children that you mentioned that are growing into adults now, it's a wonderful sort of experience for them and a testament that they've been able to carry through the, uh, the, 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 uh, the teachings of SDG and what they've learned up in Huckaba mm -hmm. into, and we'll take that into their adult life as well. And uh, having had an experience of, going on holiday and spending some time up in Huckaba. Um, I absolutely agree that it's just a, a wonderful, wonderful environment for, for families to, to enjoy however length of time that's going to be. Thank you. How can parents learn more about uh, Huckaba International School? Um, yes, we have a, a homepage, uh, www.hakuba-is.jp. And there's a lot of information there. And also we are hosting a school information session at Tokyo American Club on Thursday, February 24th um, in the Manhattan 3 room, I believe. <laughs> so uh, if you are interested, please visit our homepage. There's a registration um, page for that. So if you could come and join us to learn more about our school, that would be, that would be great. Well, Tomoka, it sounds like a wonderful opportunity to, for families to actually learn more about Huckaber International School by attending the school information session at Tokyo American Club. And I also want to just take the opportunity in thanking you for your time. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an incredible journey and hard work and efforts that I've mentioned before about the energies that you put into establishing Huckaber International School and the energies that you're going to be putting in in terms of uh, the education. Um, it just sounds a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for children to grow up and have that experience in uh, the beautiful surroundings of uh, the Northern Isles in Huckaba. 
So thank you very much for taking the time out to joining me on the chat room today. Thank you so much, Brian. I had a great time. Thank you for the opportunity.